0: They say the best things in life are free. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus states, freely you've received, freely give. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free. We are a not-for-profit adult religious re-education ministry, helping folks rediscover and understand the teachings of the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you'd like to help us do what we do, I'll tell you how you can become a supporter of Renewed Heart Ministries after this. But for now, it's our hope that as you listen, your heart will be renewed, and inspired to embody the beautiful values and teachings of the Jesus story. Till the only world that remains is a world where love reigns. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this week's weekly podcast. I'm hoping that most of you on the East Coast have weathered through the storm this weekend, and uh, I apologize for this coming out a couple days late. We have been shoveling snow, plowing snow, anything that has to do with snow. We've been sledding in snow with my kids, but uh, due to the weather and our our, uh, uh, dealing with all of that... We are uh, late this week on our podcast, but it's better late than never, as they say. Our feature text this week is from Seng's Gospel Q six twenty two through 23 Blessed are you when they insult and persecute you and say every kind of evil against you because of the Son of Humanity. Be glad and exult, for vast is your reward in heaven, for this is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you." Uh, let's begin this week by taking just a quick look at the uh, this passage in our, our companion text of Luke Matthew and the Gospel of Thomas. Um the title this week again is is the beatitude for the persecuted in Luke 6:22 through 23. It says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. In Matthew 5 11 through 22, it says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you uh, falsely, and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you." Uh, Gospel of Thomas sixty nine verse one. Jesus says, "Blessed are those who have been persecuted in their heart, for they are the ones who have truly come to know the Father." And Gospel of Thomas sixty eight one, "Blessed are you whenever they hate you and persecute you." Um, before we launch into these, I don't know if you can hear the popping and crackling in the background. That's not the recording this week. If you can hear it, that's actually the fireplace and the and the the fire inside of that crackling. So please forgive that that background ambient noise. As well, but if you've ever been insulted or ill-treated, or or had evil things said about you, um, hated or excluded, or, or or suffered rejection for trying to just affect uh, social change um, to any degree, uh, then the sayings of Jesus that we're looking at this week are especially for you. Um, there are a few things I do need to say first, though. Experiencing ill treatment or exclusion. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the right, and we need to keep this in mind. Uh, you could just be being persecuted simply because you're being a jerk about it all. It, but it's equally true that at any time people endeavor to affect the the same social changes that Jesus taught in the first century, they will be persecuted by whomever has the most to lose Uh, in from from those changes. And as we mentioned last week, societies that are rooted in domination are structured in the shape of a hierarchical pyramid, the privileged elite uh, lives at the at the top of the pyramid while the subjugated they live at the bottom. and this domination structure isn't always based on population. it's not always the elite few benefiting from the masses who are being oppressed. sometimes a a majority subjugates and oppresses a minority or a, a marginalized group is is pushed out to the social fringe by, by those that most deem as, quote-unquote, normal. Um, Frederick Frederick Ingalls uh, commented on this pattern. It says, Ever since the disillusion of the primeval communal ownership of land, all history has been a history of class struggles, uh, struggles between exploited and exploiting, between dominated and dominating, uh, classes at various stages of social evolution. This struggle, however, has now reached a stage where the exploited and oppressed class, the proletariat, can no longer uh, emancipate itself from the class which exploits and oppresses it, the bourgeois, uh, without at the same time forever freeing the whole of society from exploitation, oppression, and class struggle. This basic thought belongs solely and exclusively to Marx. That's actually from Engels's Preface to the 1883 German edition of the the Communist Manifesto, published in London that year. But but what we see in the teachings of Jesus and Seng's Gospel Q, is recognition that every person is a version of the sacred divine. Every one of us is of inestimable worth, and we are every one of us deserving of the same sunshine and rain. That falls on all life, and through this collection of sayings, Jesus is casting before our imagination a world where where no one in our society is privileged at the expense of others, no more oppressed, um, no more subjugated, no more hierarchy. Um, yet a world where the sun and rain are equally shared, where all the ravens and lilies are fed and clothed, uh, can be very threatening to those who 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 benefit from the presently imbalanced arrangement. When balance is promoted, when redistribution of wealth is suggested, um, don't rush immediately to claim persecution. First, ask yourself, from what position in our society am I feeling like I'm experiencing persecution? Am I in a favored position? Do, do I feel like I'm losing some of my comfort and ease? And if your answers to, to these questions are, are yes... Uh, then you're likely not experiencing the persecution that Jesus is referring to in the sayings that we're reading this week. Instead, if you're pushing for, for greater justice or greater equality in our world and or, or equity and intimately feeling pushback, from from those who have much to lose by moving in that direction, you are the ones whom Jesus is speaking to in our scriptures for this week. In other words, are you at the top of the social pyramid feeling like the entire world is changing around you like those in Acts 17 6? Or are you closer to the bottom of our society and feeling the pushback from those uh, higher on the hierarchy, as you call for a more balanced world. Where are you in the hierarchy of our society? Which end of the pyramid do you feel persecution from? And I think this would, would help a great deal because today... In my daily life uh, as an American, I continue to bump into a group of Christians crying out that they are being persecuted. And and there are places around the globe where Christians are legitimately being persecuted. I'm going to put a link in our e-site this week for the, the top places around the globe where it's the worst to be a Christian in those areas. But where we live in America fearmongers have stirred up well-meaning people with the claim that their freedoms are being taken away and there are religious freedom acts cropping up all over the nation Um, but they're about religious freedom in name only too often these these acts are actually ways of creating loopholes for some christians to practice discrimination against those who don't share their religious beliefs, we saw this in the '60s, the 1960s, as, as well. And I'll put a link to this in in the east side also. But at that time, private schools began popping up all over the South, not to protect Christianity, but to enable white segregationists to opt out of the integration of public schools in the name of religious freedom. And what this Jesus saying's gospel cue proposes instead is a society that. Eliminates all domination hierarchies, regardless of their ideological basis. It matters little if the hierarchy is economic, racial, gender-based on orientation or, or whatever. Jesus has a vision for human society that mimics the indiscriminate shining of the sun and the pitter patter pit of of the falling rain. People people who have the most advantages to lose in an equal society that looks like Jesus's vision cry persecution to stop it from becoming a reality. We find an example of this in Matthew 20, 11 through 16. And, and I've even witnessed here locally Christian folks too Claiming persecution, exclaiming unfair, in recent movements in our little town's uh, actions towards the uh, toward the direction of more equality, and I'll put a link to that from one of our newspapers here locally. But uh, um, the irony is that they're the ones that that actually are persecuting while they're crying out unfair, and that they're being persecuted. They're the ones persecuting those who are calling for change. Jesus pronounces a blessing on those who, as a result of following his vision for humanity, are insulted, are ill-treated, have evil things said about them, are hated, excluded, or, or, or suffered rejection. And he tells us to take courage. If you are experiencing any of these judgments, uh, you're following in the footsteps of the Jewish prophets. Uh, for your homework this week, I want you to to engage in an exercise with me. It's based on the book of Amos. Marcus Borg used to say that he wished every Christian would read the book of Amos, and so uh, this week I'd I'd like you to read it in the margins every time you see amos speaking about justice place a j every time you see amos speaking about equity for the poor place a p and the rich uh, jot down a, a money sign and and lastly every place you see amos predicting the future put an F. And what you'll discover is that the heart of Jewish prophecy isn't whether a prophet can predict the future correctly. Jewish prophecy has a social justice dynamic. A true Jewish prophet uh, spoke on behalf of Yahweh, critiquing the monarchy, the social pyramid of their day, and calling for justice and equity for the oppressed and the marginalized. You can also see Karen Armstrong's book, Uh, The Great Transformation, The Beginning of Our Religious Traditions, um, for this as well. But Jewish prophets stood up to the status quo's exploitation or subjugation of others. They called for those at the top of social pyramids to grant the oppressed justice. They did not call it charity. It was rather the restoration of that which was was just in an exploitative system. A false prophet, by contrast, would proclaim that the, the subjugation and the oppression of the poor was the will of God or by God's design. Jesus, stood in the same Jewish prophetic tradition as Amos, but he wasn't alone. He called his disciples to join him. And when you and I follow the teachings of Jesus and stand up against oppressive systems in our own day, Hebrew tradition teaches us that we're speaking with a prophetic voice as well. And today, Jesus's teachings call us to to work for systemic change in favor of the marginalized, those pushed to the fringes, those subjugated, and those who find themselves bumping their their heads against glass ceilings or who feel their backs against invisible walls. We, We follow Jesus's teachings when we work for for these changes, e- either as members of of oppressed and marginalized groups, or in areas where we find ourselves among the privileged groups, uh, we're able to work alongside the oppressed and the marginalized. And remember, all those who join in this work will be insulted. They'll be ill-treated. They'll have evil things said about them. Um, they'll be hated, excluded, and and suffer rejection. And, and you may even be banned from from certain circles. But it's okay. You're you're in the right story. And next week we'll look at how Jesus taught his disciples to respond to this pushback of, of those who feel threatened by social changes. But but for today, Jesus says to you, blessed are you when they insult and persecute you and say every kind of evil against you because of the Son of Humanity. Be glad and exult, for vast is your reward in heaven, for this is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Heart group application this week, it, it never feels good to be on the receiving end of ill treatment. Some of us simply cannot cope with conflict conflict of any kind but working toward a safer more compassionate world for us all uh, will initially cause conflict. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke of those who are are more devoted to order than to justice and who prefer a negative peace which is the absence of tension to a positive peace which is the presence of justice. All who desire peace must work for justice. Peace is not uh, the absence of conflict. It's the presence of justice and equity for everyone. And it's as indiscriminate as the sunshine and the rainfall. So number one this week, when you begin to feel pushback from others, discuss as a group how each one of you individually can engage in some self-care, taking care of oneself. Number two discuss how the group itself can come under and around those who at times experience ill treatment in their their work for a more just world. And then number 3, discuss together how how Jesus's words encourage you in these moments. Do do they comfort you? Do do you feel as if you're in the right story? And certainly these insights do not take away uh, the pain of rejection, but at least they tell us that, that the pushback is to be expected and, and part of the process. I remember my third 13-year-old daughter... Uh, was working for certain social changes in her school about three years ago. And some of the teachers at her school became quite upset and and lashed out at her as a result. Uh, She came home in tears. And and her personality is such that that she becomes very quiet and inward in moments like these. And at dinner that night, she quietly asked how people responded to Gandhi and to King when they were working towards change. And Crystal and I shared with her the the heartbreaking stories of, of the pushback that both of them received. And, and I saw comfort and peace come over her face. Um, she said, this is just part of it, I guess. And I assured her that uh, as painful as it was, she was not in the wrong. It, it was okay to get in trouble for the right reasons. She was in the right story. And a few minutes later, she looked at us and resolutely stated, uh, she said, change is worth it. And I was never so proud of her. She's older now, but she still has that heart. Uh, for others. And and may the same be said of all of us. Next week, we'll, we'll be looking at how Jesus, again, teaches us how to respond to our persecutors. But until then, keep living in love till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Once again, for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free, even our educational seminars that we do in various venues. We are a not for profit religious re education ministry. If you'd like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, you can make a one time gift or you can become one of our monthly contributors by going to www.renewedheartministries.com and clicking the Donate tab at the top right. Or you can mail your contributions to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. Make sure you also sign up for our our free resources. And remember, every little bit helps. And and as always, anything we receive above and beyond our annual budget, we gladly give away to other charities that are making uh, both systemic and personal differences, significant differences in the lives of the poor. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of RHM, We simply could not do this uh, without you. From all of us here at Renewed Heart Ministries, thank you.